How do you market your startup? Welcome to Venture Voice. I'm your host, Greg Gallant. This is the second part of our coverage of our Venture Voice startup workshop. We packed a bunch of entrepreneurs into a small room in Lower Manhattan on a hot day last summer. Usually, people just shoot the breeze for most of a conference. I've been to plenty, and the real action takes place in the hallway. But we didn't do that. Our startup workshop was very intense. A lot of laughs, but everyone focused on startup business. After all, people came on their own dime. And everyone was focused on how to get their business to the next level. Now, I have to issue a mea culpa. It's been six months over six months since the first part of our coverage of this show, I've received over a dozen emails from you asking where the follow-up was. Some of you even called me. It felt great to know you care, but I did feel pretty guilty for not posting this sooner. But I just got too busy posting other interviews with entrepreneurs in our more standard format, and hey, I'm an entrepreneur myself. I've got a business to run. But finally... Here it is, part two of our show, the Venture Voice Startup Workshop. But now I have another mea culpa. This is only part two. It's not the final part. Although I thought this would be the final part, I, th I thought there'd only be two parts to this coverage. I just wasn't a good enough editor to fit it all into one episode. I just couldn't cut any more. So this is only part two, but there's going to be a part three. You'll have to keep waiting for the exciting conclusion. Now, in this podcast, you'll hear David Hornick deliver a talk I asked him to give on marketing and sales. David's a venture capitalist at August Capital, who's funded VideoEgg, Six Apart, and Evite, and many more. He's also a former lawyer and now a fellow podcaster at VentureCast. So, why would I ask someone who went to law school to talk marketing, a venture capitalist, someone who should be talking about finance? Well, partly I wanted to catch him off guard, but I knew David always gets asked to start about funding companies when he really knows a lot about marketing, and I think you're going to hear he has quite the knack for marketing. But what's a venture voice without a couple of entrepreneurs? So you're going to hear a few entrepreneurs jump in throughout David's speech. They are Dick Costello the founder and CEO of FeedBurner, an RSS management company that's growing fast. And also Tom Zaki, the founder and CEO of TerraCycle, which is an organic alternative to miracle Grow. Both of those entrepreneurs have been on Venture Voice separately. I'm going to start the actual talk in just a minute, but you're about to be thinking, how can I survive financially while I market the way David's about to tell me? Well, in the third part and third and final part of our coverage of this workshop, you'll hear Tom tell us how to bootstrap your company. And if you can't bootstrap it, you'll hear David Rose, who founded the New York Angels, an angel group here in New York that's pumped tens of millions of dollars into startups. You're going to hear David tell you how to raise some money. Also, be sure to turn back in our library at VentureVoice.com to hear part one of this coverage where you can hear Dick Costello, Scott Heiferman, and Gene Sullivan talk about their topics. But now, let's hear David's talk. 
wrote this last night. I haven't practiced it at all, so <laughs> I don't I don't know where they're going to but I can tell you there, so. there'll definitely be some lows. Uh, and Dick's Dick's my uh, my straight man, so he set me up. This is uh, this presentation is with apologies to Larry. <laughs> Uh, because this is this is how he does these things and I've had someone once pitch me this way and it doesn't work it's very very if you can do it it's unbelievable but it is it is very hard to do a pitch this way because there are a set of things but anyway but worth seeing the oh yeah no it's I mean, a, oh it's unbelievable tell, telling I think, a story yeah I've written on venture blog about Lessig I, I think that the two great artists of presentation are Larry Lessig and uh, and um, me Yes, exactly. And, <laughs> that was the word you were looking for. Dick and Steve Jobs. Yeah. I mean, oh, just, that's right. Just, yeah, Jobs. Yeah, you can get Jobs on, on uh, you can download his keynotes. Right? I mean, they're just, yeah. they're, they're unbelievable. So anyway, so definitely worth it. It's, uh, it's, it's uh, on, what's it called? Uh, open culture, free culture. But anyway, so what's marketing? Um, I went to the ultimate source, which is, of course, Wikipedia, to see what is marketing. So here's what it is. An organizational function and a set of process of creating communication, delivering value to customers, and for managing customer relationships in a way that benefits the organization and stakeholders. So now you're clear on it, right? It makes perfect sense. I have no <laughs> idea what that means. Market is a human active directed at satisfying needs and wants through exchange processes. I'm fairly certain that's prostitution, but I can't be <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure. I don't know what the link was on Wikipedia. We could go back and check later. Uh, management process anticipating, identifying, satisfying customer requirements profitably. Yeah, uh, whatever. I mean, you know. I look at it and I say that there are two types of thing, you know, like there, uh, there are two things: there's sales and marketing. And so, um, marketing is not sa sales is not marketing, therefore marketing is not sales. And so, anything that's sales is not marketing, and everything else is marketing. And that's you know, so if you're selling stuff, then you must it must be sales. And if you're not selling stuff, then it must be marketing. And that's good enough for me. Um, so what's PR is this, you know equally compelling question: public relations. Now Wikipedia, you know. This way, the art and science of building relationships between an organization and its key publics. <laughs> what is that? That's like back in the Roman times. You go back to Rome. Yes. Friends, key lend public. me your credit cards. <laughs> I don't know what your key publics are, but as long as you can build a relationship with them, that's PR. Uh, so I'd, I'd like to think of PR as stuff PR firms do, because that's very simple. Um, <laughs> I, don't I, have, know what I, have I have a couple of PR comments. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, PR all right, we'll get, well, we should, can, can I interrupt any, or should I go? Anytime you want to interrupt. You can spend a lot, you can spend as much money as you want to spend on PR. You can spend all your money on PR yeah. and none of your money on PR. And, you know, and PR firms, you can spend a ton of money. You can spend even more money than that with PR firms. Uh, and and the, the, the point here is a lot of people in startup mode want to get press as a means of validating that they're a real business, you know, because we're having articles written about us. But there are, time, there, are, there are points in the company's life when you want articles written about you a lot. And it's generally when you're, you know, what you would call crossing the chasm, which is, okay, we have a couple or we have our product, we have our early adopters, People get it, it works. Now we gotta grow the market, right? So TerraCycle, perfect. You know, they've got one pallet in at Home Depot. They've got one pallet in at Walmart. They've got, now they wanna get half the truck so that, and kick, you know, and get miracle Grow to only have half the truck. That's where you start wanting lots and lots of articles written about you. You want your name out in front of the consumers. You want consumers asking about you. But, you know, before they had that pallet in there, 
you can waste a lot of money just getting articles written about you when and before you have customers and 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 so on and so forth and people aren't going to want to write lots of articles about you because you don't have customers and and so you can spend all this money pitching the company to you know the guy at the new york times who is going to repeatedly have no interest in writing about you right so um it's just one of those places that um people will have a checkbox on their startup list for you know get articles written about me because these guys have articles written about them um, and you can just waste a ton of money doing that. It's well, fun to see your name in the press, right? Well, right, it, yeah, plus, it is, right, but it's not right. about, and the, so the interesting thing is you have to be careful because it's not about self-aggrandizement as much as that's, as that's cool. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's supposed to serve a business purpose. So I think that's fair, right? I mean, uh, and, I'll, and I'll get into it a little bit, but you know, the whole, the whole point is that it's supposed to accelerate sales process, right? All of this stuff is about sales. You don't care. PR and marketing, you, if you could avoid it altogether and just get the sales, that'd be great. You know, who cares about the rest of it? So I, to I totally agree with Dick. Like early stories might help you get funded, so maybe you do those. Later stories when you have a product and customers, they, they might help you get more customers. But ultimately, what, what's, what's clear is that unless you yourself are the one writing these things and publishing them yourself, Unless there's a story, no one's publishing anything, right? I mean, you know, the, you, you've got a great story in the in the description of what you do, and that it's you know that it's that you're doing good by buying it as opposed to doing harm, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like that, that's great, and it can resonate, and so you can have a bunch of, of uh, interns calling and making the and getting people to write about it until you have something to say. I have lots of companies who love PR, but no one gives a shit what they're doing, and until they've done a better job of selling it or created something more interesting, no one will. And you can hire as many PR firms as you want, and they're never you're never going to get there. So, I, t I totally agree with that. Right. Um, Okay, so yeah, so what is it? So what is uh, PR? People, some people think it's you know going to co conferences and sucking up to Steve Levy. So he'll write about you in Newsweek, and if you read Newsweek, you know Steve Levy's the guy who writes about all the tech stuff, and he's at all the conferences, and everybody's job is to go up and suck up to him in hopes that he might talk to you. Uh, if you're Dick, it's sucking up to Om Malik, so he'll write about you in Business 2.0. Well, I haven't seen the article yet, but uh, success. He, did, he didn't write it. Was it Om? No. All right. I'm making sure that business 2.0 sucking up to everybody else uh, or sucking up to Mike Arrington who will write about you in TechCrunch which is an interesting idea right that suddenly the, the, the blog world is as in some areas is as powerful as the media as the traditional media world uh, or if it's really pathetic sucking up to David Horn so I'll write about your adventure blog um, I can tell you it's amazing to me how many emails I get saying like so and so has written a new book. Would you like if should we send you a copy so you can review it on Venture Blog? I feel like writing back, right? Why don't you read Venture Blog and you'll have a fucking clue. <laughs> I say no, thank you. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so what, you know, so here's here's the question: PR versus marketing. What what's the difference? What is one, when do you want, what do you want? Do you want one or do you want the other? So um, now this goes exactly against what Dick just said which is you know in its purest form PR is free and therefore it's great right you don't have to pay for Newsweek to write about you they just write about it uh, marketing you know is about you buying placement and things buying ads and buying sponsorships and that's and so in that case you know I think the free is better than than costing money and therefore PR rules um, at the same time, I mean, marketing, you have real control over. You get to control the message that's set, that is spoken. Uh, so when, when you do PR, I mean, you have a conversation with someone, 
and the, the message is just dead wrong, right? I mean, an RSS, good Lord, how many times have you tried to describe it to someone and they go, yeah, you know, these guys are a blog search company. And you go, oh, like, that's not what I said. You weren't even, you weren't even listening. You right? know, whatever, no matter what I say, it always gets translated as, it's TiVo for the web, even though I knew, <laughs> used none of those words. <laughs> right. So it may, be, it may be free, but it's not efficient. So, you know, control's better than out of control, I think. So marketing rules. So, but, but here's, here's, my, uh, here's my sort of two cents about uh, all this world. And it, and it applies to some businesses and it doesn't to others. Although, frankly, I can think of ways in which it applies to, off, off, um, to sort of non-offline businesses as well. Oh, so here's my two-by-two two matrix because when people pitch me, they have to have a two-by-two two matrix. Mm -hmm. You'll notice, so PR's free but have no control. And... Uh, marketing's not free, but it has control. You'll notice this spot is empty, and this is the holy land. You, so there must be more. Okay, so mar if marketing costs money, then viral marketing is free, right? So this idea that you create something that is so great that people pass it on, right? And even better yet, if you, what you create, it, the way in which it's created necessarily requires people to pass it on. So some of the stuff that, that you've done in FeedBurner allows people to put stuff on their blogs that has the FeedBurner brand, and when you click on it, it goes back. Or, it's not there. No, where's, where's, your, where's, my, where's mine? Yeah, right, exactly. When we, when we created chick, FeedBurner chicklets for people who run their feeds through FeedBurner, we put little flame, flame icons on them. And so people could immediately recognize, oh, that icon's got a, that thing's got a flame on it. Why is right. that, right? Click, it's a, one of our feeds. Uh, that was just a huge. Yeah. Um, so how do I get one of those icon? You know, how do I get one of those feeds with the flame icon? Right. If it? you want, if if suddenly your your presence or your existence or something about you means that it's cool and therefore you need it, and then it links back, then all the better. Um, uh, so obviously, free is better than money. Uh, so viral marketing really rules, and so here's the real matrix, right, which is free and controlled is viral marketing, and that stuff is like mother's milk. There is nothing better than viral marketing. I love viral marketing. It's hard as hell to get viral marketing to really work, and there are, and what is, you know, viral marketing? So viral marketing, uh, oh, Wikipedia, what do they have to say? Good Lord, I didn't even know I put this in. Uh, ooh, you get to exploit pre-existing social networks. Well, I like exploiting things. That must be good. <laughs> but I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, the whole discussion of viral marketing, this idea that, it, that viral marketing is Hotmail, and then when someone sends you an email and it says at the bottom, this is sent to you by Hotmail, I don't actually think that's viral marketing. I think that that's, uh, you know, that that's uh, branding that's spreading and that's fine and so maybe it spreads in the world. But what I think of as viral marketing is Evite, right? It's in order to use this product, you need to send it to a bunch of people and when they get it, they come back and when they use it, they need to send it to a bunch of people, right? That's viral marketing. Uh, uh, when we, uh, I was an investor in Tickle and they had these quizzes and then what we put in place was this idea of you know, share it with your friends and have them take the quiz, right? So then it's not just what breed of dog are you, but then what your friends are. And so you send it out into the world and bring them back in and they try it and then they push it out. Um, but so here, here's the thing about viruses that, uh, that I think a lot about, and this may, and again, and my apologies to the extent that this doesn't apply to, to your businesses, although I think that it can apply to businesses in a lot of ways. But I love this stuff, which is that not all viruses are created equal. And I, I, I actually spent a, 
some time spent studying epidemiology to try and understand viruses. Like, what do viruses really do? Because in reality, viral marketing is is a very good analog for you know getting the flu. And so, um, so what are the characteristics of the best viruses in this world? And the answer is. First of all, they're highly communicable, right? It's enough that I say, you know, Dick, good to see you, and suddenly, you know, my tap your leg and you're sick, right? That's good news. You want to, every t everybody you touch, who you send out an evite, they're, they're, they're um, uh, they suddenly have the virus. Uh, it can't be lethal because if you spread the virus and it kills you, you can't spread it anymore, right? That's just bad news. You pass away and, and, and the virus is suddenly dead. It has to be really fun. This is why venereal diseases are awesome. Uh, they're incredibly efficient. They they basic. They usually don't kill you. They're they're wildly fun and they're nice and communicable. And so you know they spread around the world. You take them with you on the plane. You spread them when you get to Chicago. You take them with the, with you to London. You spread them too. And people people feel good, right? They feel good about it. And 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 then the last thing is that they have to be really appealing to the best carriers, right? Not all carriers are created equal. So uh, a venereal disease in a, in, a, in a really attractive stewardess is a lot more valuable than a venere venereal disease in, say, me. <laughs> so Whoa. I'm just not a great... That was a line. <laughs> you know, I'm just not... Steward or stewardess, I don't mean to be sexist. <laughs> um, so anyway, so... <laughs> flight attendant. Oh, yeah, exactly. Now I've offended the flight attendants. Male, female... Diseased or otherwise. Uh, so, so for example, the Ebola virus is an incredibly bad virus. Why? Because the second you get it, your internal organs explode and you bleed out and die. It's really hard to give it to someone else that way, right? I mean, you know, by the time you've gotten it, it's too late to kiss someone. Um, it, but uh, in, on the other hand, influenza is a really great virus because you walk around with it, you know, and you cough on people and people like don't worry about it and then they get it and they don't know they have it for a while. Maybe they just think they have allergies or whatever. <laughs> so, so I think that the, the interesting thing for you guys to think about is how do, you, how do you mimic these characteristics when you're building your products so that you can control the way that distribution happens. It's free. It's your message. It brings people back. Um, so... Uh, and, and viral marketing, I don't know where I'm getting here. Other ways of spreading the, oh. Um, so there are, the, the other thing about it is it doesn't just have to be evite, right? But it does have to be things that you can track and measure and say, did this thing work or didn't this thing work, right? You can measure how well the little, the little flame worked because people click on it. When they click on it, I'm guessing you're a good enough entrepreneur that you knew every time someone clicked and from where they clicked. And so you can tell me who were the carriers, who were the high volume nodes, where did how did it come in what can you do to increase that right was there a message that was more valuable than others and you can do it so measure things right blogs are just an unbelievable i view them as link viruses i totally do they're incredibly great in that respect if you have interesting if you have well-read blogs read about you and they link to you then that sort of spreads this 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 what i call the link virus out and suddenly people are reading about it they're clicking through to you they hear about it they link to you um 
<laughs> so a link is like a cough among friends. I think that's right. I mean, ultimately, you want people. To, you, I mean, you know, if you want to spread the virus, all you have to do is have the get, have the uh, sick guy go to a party, right? So if you can get in the right party, whether that's TechCrunch or or some other well-read blog, um, you know, more power to you and track it and understand, right? Use Speedburner and understand. Use use Technorati, other things that let you know who's talking about what you're doing, how they're talking about it. I'm sure you guys do this. Question on this actually. Yeah. Is, um, what do you think is more valuable, a link in a good blog or a link on a permanent website? Uh, I, it just depends. There are. It, it really is about sort of. I don't know that it's about permanence, right? right? I mean, as you say, blogs once once it sort of makes its way down yeah, it below the goes, fold, yeah. it goes away. Yeah. So so yeah, if there's a big resource that people go to a, over a long period of time, then maybe it's valuable. My experience is that the real question is sort of what is the immediate readership. You know, right. so what's so what's the contact number? Yeah. And so there's, you know, there, the New York Times still has a bigger readership than a bunch of blogs, but you know, a bunch of blogs are way. It's, there are a whole lot of blogs that are way more valuable than say, um, you know, the Akron Times or whatever. So I think you have to measure these things. Right. But the other advantage of um, of links, what I have next. Uh, oh, I'll get to that. Um, the other advantage of, of blogs is because they are these sort of link viruses where you link here and they link back, whatever else, is that they become very powerful ammunition for, uh, for Google and Yahoo and other search engines, right? Which is way more valuable than being on a permanent site. Gets you people, up on the because list. it pushes you up, right? Because every link in, then there's a reference to you and you get credibility. And so um, it, it ends up being a thing that optimizes for search engines, which is pretty helpful. So uh, this one, the infect the right carrier. This one is that I think of. I, th I actually often think of partnerships as uh, as um, as carriers of viruses. Ultimately, right? Oprah. If you want to, if you have a, 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 a pretty much anyone oriented thing, right? Yeah, I'm sure. Have you guys managed to get there yet? We are working so hard. Yeah, to get everybody. On Oprah. Anyone who anyone who has anything that might be vaguely oh, yeah. interesting to Oprah is killing him or herself to get on it's, Oprah it's like because she PR is yeah. yeah she's she is like pure power it's mind blowing um, uh, and then w w what about Microsoft right what what you know is there a way to plug in what you're doing into someone who has more volume and more and and has more capacity and you literally attach like a like a microbe to the thing so you know we were investors in um, Crystal Reports and Crystal Reports uh, basically, Microsoft built Crystal Reports. It used to give away the free version of, of, of Crystal Reports with a bunch of the stuff that they had as the reporting mechanism for looking at data on Microsoft products. And Microsoft thought it was helpful because it, it you know, they had a better view into the stuff that they were doing and crystal reports it was just sort of this quiet little virus that snuck in and when you wanted real power then you played paid crystal a lot of money and so i think this relationship alone was worth a uh, billion dollars i mean we sold the company for a billion dollars and it was basically built on the back of microsoft so boy get the right right and actually you know uh earlier in the day you heard this t discussion of the purpose-driven life well but the purpose-driven life was marketed entirely through the church the church is a mind-blowingly good marketing mechanism these days. Uh, Passion of the Christ and uh, and Purpose Driven Life are really good examples. So, you know, find the right carrier and uh, and uh, and you're in good shape. But above all else, you got to have a great product. Uh, products <laughs> products sell. You know, I mean, if you go, if you find your way to the product through a virus, you know, and you get there and it's not interesting, then who cares, right? Whereas if you get a sample of crack, you, you go. <laughs> I need more of that, right? 
So there's there's a reason to give out some crack and uh, and hope that people will come back and, and you know they will. Now there's an interesting question, right? Which is, should you give out a little pot or should you give out a little crack? I mean, crack is a little bit like the Ebola. It's more likely to kill the carrier quickly. Pot, you can pretty much live with for a long period of time, although you lose your motivation to buy anything. So maybe that's not, <laughs> I don't know. I think that there's, I think there is room for both ultimately. Um, so what do I, <laughs> oh yeah, so, uh, and, and don't get the thing wrong, right? I mean, there are some things that just are bad marketing and they're bad PR, so case in point, Monster Stadium in, 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 uh, in California. Now, if you guys were driving by Monster Stadium, who would you think had paid uh, you know, millions of dollars to name it? Monster.com, and Monster Cable. What are they, crazy? That's the stupidest thing ever, so. Is that right? Yeah, it's Monster Cable. Unbelievable. Monster Cable paid millions of dollars for Monster, Monster Stadium. Unbelievable. Uh, small measurable dose, I have no idea. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, right, it's great. You know, it's great for Monster.com, it's all good, so. Uh, and then the last thing is measure, measure, measure. Do things that you can, that you know, where you can track them and measure them and do them in small pieces that you can afford. And if they work, then turn them on so that they make a bunch of money. So the Google economy is built entirely on this. You can go and you can buy a little thing and see if it works. And if it's worth more than you pay for it, do more of it. Uh, and Google's unbelievable in that respect. I think that, that, that there are whole businesses and economies growing on that and it works great. Uh, Radio, people are now using radio effectively, buying small amounts of radio. The only problem with radio is that you have, they end up having testable URLs like go to www.easy.com, who slash dash can underscore remember. <laughs> so that's really stupid. But, but radio is actually pretty cheap and you can try it and it gets out there and you can measure it. And then the interesting thing is that now TV is the new radio and you can, you can, buy, uh, you can buy TV on, on a company called Spot Runner and you can try and measure it the same way. Uh, and you know the internet is the new TV, so so it comes full circle. Um, anyway, I think that would probably be bang for the buck, but it was probably two thirty in the morning by the time I got there. The best bang for the buck is having a great product that's uh, that's highly viral and highly measurable. Uh, uh, but if all else fails, you can always sell crack. So that's it. That's it. I have no, if that, no idea if that says anything that about awesome. sales or marketing, but uh, <laughs> that that's the Larry Lessig technique. That's very cool. Anyone? <laughs> that leaves you all just completely Just to chime in on, on your radio point is um, if you guys ever look at buying airtime, uh, look at like the infomercial model, the way they buy airtime. If your idea can, you just need a broad audience, you can um, buy chunks of radio time for like 5% of rate card, chunks of TV time for 5% of rate card, chunks of newspapers. The only thing that you're not going to get is you don't get choice of where it goes. You just yeah. get viewership, but a lot of it. And infomercials are the king of how to buy airtime cheaply. I mean, they do it like no one else can do. And you can go in and buy small chunks. You don't have to spend, you know, you can buy $2,000 of radio time, but you're going to get like three, 430 second spots. It's just going to be in the most random places at most random times but you're going to get to the most number of people as long as your product doesn't, if, if demographics is not as important as just everyone needs to know about it. So that's, um, it's really easy. Just look, you know, you can look up infomercial, you know, uh, TV or radio or newspaper buying on Google and you'll get some good people who do that. What, what would you say are some good examples of viral marketing? And you can't say companies you've invested in. Yeah. 
Um, oh, come on. Yeah, I mean, in some ways, the best viral marketing on the planet is Amazon, which has has created an API that allows you to push that stuff out all across all around the world. And so, if you're right, you you know, if you want to create a site and and get a bunch of traffic and drive and and sell AdWords to drive to, um, you know, electronics, you can you can literally take all of Amazon's contact content, create a really content full site. And then get paid for the clicks on that content because they'll get paid as an affiliate back to their network, and that's really powerful, right? So them enabling this stuff. Um, so I think that as content sort of makes its way out, but the stuff that really excites me are the are the web services that you know I think in many ways blogs are are uh, are are viral, although not in the evite sense of viral. Um, so I think you know figuring that stuff out. Social networks are just mind blowing. They're just the greatest viral things ever, uh, because in, by their very nature, all they do is create this virus that spreads out, and it's it's not they told two friends, and they told two friends, and they told two friends. It's they told 20 friends who told 20 friends who told 130 friends, and suddenly you know you have thousands of, of people that are on your service. Um, so you, that stuff's great. You know the the I mean this goes without saying. I guess it's sort of intuitive, but you know. It, it's important to know what the end goal is from having a million more people come in, right? The Friendster lesson is, great, there are now 40 million people on here, and so now what? Yeah. Right. Hello! <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Yeah, uh, right, I mean, it needs to sort of, you know, head, take you down a path, right? Yeah, so you like have to with have a Evite, it's, With Evite, the beauty of Evite was, you know, by me using it, inviting you, and now you coming in and signing up for this thing, Evite now knows, uh, I now know Dick is going to an anniversary party, and it's you know so you start. To, he's in this. He's in Chicago, obviously, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then they can build up this database of stuff that they can they can uh, drive advertising into. It has to have some has to be associated with the goals of the business, obviously, no, not I, just I, absolutely. I mean, so I have a company called Splunk that is uh, an enterprise company. It's doing uh, search for data centers. It takes all your your uh, log files sucks them in and then allows you to do, excuse me, searches across your log files, right? But and so how 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 do you apply this stuff to a Splunk? Well, they they're doing lots of interesting stuff that allows you to to download Splunk for free and tell a friend about it within the product, and then you can if if you configure it to to understand a particular set of infrastructure, like oh I use Splunk on this Oracle database, you know Oracle ten whatever. Then you can suck out that configuration and share it with other friends who use the same database. And suddenly, the configuration isn't the thing that they want. What they need is the Splunk engine, so they download Splunk engine. So, you know, ultimately, Splunk will only work if, when you download this search engine, it's incredibly valuable in helping you debug your systems. But by thinking cleverly about ways in which communities of system administrators can share how they're using it. Uh, I think it'll spread more quickly, and we've had tens of thousands of people download it. So, you know, that may work, but it's but it's all about the experience, right? It doesn't matter. Getting in the air doesn't matter. Uh, if I can throw one in, um, the uh, we we dabbled initially with this idea of negative cost marketing. Um, when we first uh, looked at this, you know, we're looking at negative costs like with raw materials. Well, why not apply that to marketing? Why not actually make marketing a profitable center? And the one program that came out of this, which actually is a negative cost marketing engine, is and this the if you're looking at um, you know you talked very much all about the dot com the the uh, you know internet side of it, which is the most ridiculous powers out there. The other place you can leverage this if you want to do grass or um, bricks and mortar type, you know, real world. 
uh, things, which is physical, um, the grassroots type programs, uh, you can actually turn into negative cost marketing engines. And I'll give you one example that we do, and there's, this is an easy model to adapt. We have 1,500 locations growing at 100 locations every two weeks of people who are collecting soda bottles to turn into our product. Now, the benefit to us is people in the world are actually literally making our bottle. You know, you put this bottle in, you have now made our product. So you get a good, you know, um, you know, psychological benefit of it. When you see it on Home Depot shelf, well, you made that, right? So that's the benefit to TerraCycle. But all these big companies uh, out there have a huge problem with getting into like schools, churches, all the little you know grassroots charities out there who hate the Walmarts of the world, the Coca-Colas of the world. Well, what we've started doing now with this program is selling off space on our box to these companies, you know, saying, well, this box was brought to you by Target, or this box was brought to you by Pepsi, you know, and you can actually sell the grassroots <coughs> engine and have so it you're as your selling own. the highway, Pete. Yeah, uh, you know this this piece of highway cleaned by Pepsi. Right? Well, right, and so you know if, if you have a if you're a small company, you're going to do grassroots marketing. You can leverage that against the big companies who can't get into the places that love you. You know, that, uh, you know, like that love you as a small company but hate the big companies. Yep. And it's you can actually create these profitable marketing centers potentially. Cool. Yeah. Very and that's our coverage for part two of our three-part series covering the Venture Voice Startup Workshop. I think this raises a really interesting question that a lot of people in startups have to struggle with, which is, do you focus on your product innovation or on your marketing innovation? In other words, do you spend time making sure that whatever you're selling is great and really good, or do you spend your time saying, okay, well, we built the thing, the thing's out there, who cares what the thing is, let's go tell the world about it. That's a big question, a lot of people debate over it. I think there's a time for each, and I hope to shed a little bit of insight. If you want to get more thoughts, I'm going to post something about it at the Venture Voice blog. Just go to VentureVoice.com and click on blog. You can also post your thoughts by going to our website, VentureVoice.com, and either leaving a message, a comment for everyone to see, clicking contact, where you can either send me a private message or you can call our voicemail line and leave an audio message on the telephone that we might even play on the show. So in the meantime, do you give me a little bit of time before you start asking for the next show? I'm going to have it out soon. And we'll also have many more of our standard format shows, which are straight on interviews with entrepreneurs. Got plenty of more great entrepreneurs for you. So stay tuned. In the meantime... This is Venture Voice, entertaining entrepreneurship.